0: the series of man, the image of God, and we're looking in this particular series at the spirit of man, and this will be the last of the series uh, that we deal with on the spirit of man. Prior to this, we've looked at the the will of man, we've looked at the conscience of man as well, and we've identified that uh, there is an inward man and an outward man. The inward man is made up of four parts, which is the will of man, uh, the spirit, the soul, which is the mind, and the conscience. And we've been dealing with the spirit of man um, in this series of teachings. So in the previous uh, teaching, basically, we touched on the fact that our spirits require to be, uh, they need to be fed, just like the natural. And we've, in this series of teaching, we've really done the correlation between natural and spiritual, because the two um, are very similar to each other. And so we can look at the natural to learn how to apply things in the spirit as well uh, from the spiritual aspect so we saw that just as we have to feed our physical bodies our natural bodies with nourishment in order for them to um, maintain um, themselves and also to grow so we need to be feeding our spirits and we saw that the food that we feed our spirits with is in fact the Word of God and it's very important for Christians to partake of the Word of God every single day um, and not just a, a little snack because to the degree that we feed our spirits they will grow strong when we withhold um, spiritual nourishment from our spirits well then they will become weak and you will never become strong spiritually as God intended and then we saw an aspect with regards to feeding on the word of God and we said a very really important principle we needed to understand is that Our spirits are fed with that which our minds understand. And we went through uh, certain scriptures. We're not going to go through those uh, scriptures in any kind of depth today. But the fact is that um, unless our minds understand what we're hearing of the Word of God, that Word never drops down into our spirits. And so it is only that which we understand with our minds that we then are able to partake of that word in our spirits and our spirits are able to thus grow stronger. Um, And uh, the scripture we can have a look at is uh, in Luke chapter 24, 32 and 45. Scripture said, And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, while he opened the scriptures to us? And then verse 45 and he, Jesus, opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And so we saw that the spirit of the, the the men, who the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, their spirits began to burn when the Lord opened their understanding to the scriptures. So prior to that, um, they'd heard the Lord teaching, but he, they, their spirits had never burned before. But this was the first time that that had actually happened because the Lord had opened their understanding to the scriptures. And um, Paul, in writing to the church, at Corinth, He said, guys, I wanted to feed you with uh, solid food, but up until now you're not able to receive it. And so Paul, we said, could have gone up and stood in front of them uh, in the pulpit and fed them with solid food, but it wouldn't have benefited any of the disciples in Corinth because they could only partake of the milk of God's Word because their understanding um, had been blocked. And we saw that it is God who, f- in fact, blocks the understanding. The veil is taken away in Christ when we come into the kingdom. So all unbelievers don't understand any of the Bible. But once we uh, come into the kingdom, we do understand sp- uh, certain spiritual truths, the born-again experience, and certain things along those lines. But <clears throat> it is required of us to then put into practice that which the Lord shows us. And as we do and are diligent and do- be do- being doers of the Word... God then opens to us more revelation of his word. And so we are able to transition from partaking of the milk of his word to also partaking of the solid food of his word. And so God is the one who puts the blockage in there. And he says, no more revelation comes through until such a time as you're walking in the light of that which I've already revealed to you. And so the spiritual truth remains that our spirits are only fed with that which our mind understands. And um, so it's so important for believers to renew their minds to the Word of God and uh, spend time in the Word of God, but that which the Lord does reveal to us, we need to be going out and putting that into practice because it's only as we are diligent in doing that that more revelation knowledge comes our way and we start to partake of the solid fruit of God's Word. And then we saw that uh, a very important principle is um that we need to put into practice in order for our spirits to grow strong because remember we said this whole section we're dealing with now is we're wanting to see the practical things that we need to do the practical interventions we need to be applying in our lives to grow from being spiritual based to becoming spiritually mature and um, spending time in the word of God is essential um, having spiritual understanding is essential you can go back on the previous teaching to get a more in-depth Understanding of what we were talking about there. And then we came to, and we discussed being um, those who meditate upon the Word of God. And we said that it is essential for believers to give themselves to meditation in the Word of God, to constantly think about the Word of God. As we do that, it says if, because we again, we likened it to the natural. We said in order to eat solid food, to, to partake of the milk of God's Word, there's no chewing involved. We just swallow that milk and it goes straight down into our spirits. However, to take partake of the solid food of God's Word, there is a, a process of chewing that is involved. And that chewing is going through the Word of God in our minds, meditating upon it, thinking about it, pondering it, and allowing the Spirit of God to teach us and lead us and guide us into all truth as we meditate upon his word and so we saw that our lord jesus he never did anything he had never thought about anything else except the word of god he the the word of god was on his mind constantly Um, and as christians if we're going to grow strong spiritually we're going to have to do what our master did we're going to have to follow after the example given to us by jesus christ um, and give ourselves over to meditation on the Word of God and as I say, we we likened it to basically chewing on the Word of God and as we did that, that Word, we would get spiritual understanding of that Word and that Word would then drop down into our spirits and thus feed our spirits and we could become spiritually stronger. And so that's just a, a general recap of what we taught on in the previous teaching. And today, to wrap up this particular series, we're going to look at a couple of issues. Um, and again, as I said, none of this is you know, great mind-blowing revelation stuff. This is all practical stuff that we need to do in order to transition from being spiritual babes to becoming spiritually mature. And as we do these interventions, as we put into practice that which the Word of God reveals to us, God is the one who gives the increase. We cannot cause our spirits to grow strong out of ourselves. That's impossible. It's always God who gives the increase. But we are to be fellow laborers together with him. So what God shows us to do, we do in faith. And then God then does what he does, the supernatural side of it, the the part that we cannot do. So we can read the Word of God, we can meditate upon the Word of God, we can pray for the revelation, we can be doers of the Word, but the growth comes from God. That's the supernatural aspect. God causes the Spirit to grow stronger. But if we're diligent to do what He tells us to do, He will do what He said He would do, and that's give us spiritual growth. Remember we said it is the the will of our Father that we all become spiritually mature. He has predestined each one of us to be conformed into the image of His Son. And so will never become conformed into the image of his son as spiritual babes. His desire is for each one of his children to grow up and become spiritually mature and thus display the character of Christ through us. And so um, one of the things I want to just touch on uh, today is we need to recognize the various stages of spiritual growth because there are stages in uh, our spiritual growth. Just, and again, let's go back into the natural now. There are stages in natural growth. You have a baby that's born, the baby becomes a little child, the child becomes a teenager, the teenager becomes an adult. So there is um, a progression that takes place in the natural. Now, with the progression that takes place in the natural, let's just stay in the natural and then we'll come across into the spirit so we can understand the concept. In the natural... um, a baby is unable to take care of itself and is also you know, completely immature, it can't even speak. Um, it can make sounds and it can cry, um, but it, by and large it, it is pretty much helpless. And so in the natural, what happens is if the baby is hungry, the baby begins to cry. So the baby doesn't say, hey dad, mom, you know, I'm hungry, can I have some food? it doesn't know how to do that, so all it knows how to do is to cry. The parents of the, of the, uh, uh, obviously understand what the, what the child needs and then they feed the child. So even though the child is not um, conversing with them in uh, a language that both parties understand, <clears throat> nevertheless the child is able to do something, make a, a sound, and the parents understand that means we need to be feeding our child. It's just one illustration. Now we take that over into the spirit quickly. So a spiritual babe, one who's born again, they do not know how to pray effectively. They don't know all the ins and outs of the spiritual connotations of things that are taking place around them and how they should be praying effectively. And so you know the, the prayers that they utter are, to a mature believer, pretty you know basic and pretty almost ignorant, but nevertheless God answers those prayers. Why does he do that? Because he knows their spiritual condition. He knows they are spiritual babes and they don't know any better, but he knows what they need and so he supplies that need even though they might be praying completely outside of a a full understanding of the Word of God because they don't have that at that time. And so that's one of the ways we can see natural compared to spiritual and how it is possible that spiritual baby Christians get their prayers answered by God even if they don't pray in line with the Word of God. Because God understands where they are spiritually and He deals with them on that level. But God's not unjust. God's not going to say to a baby, no, if you don't pray properly, that's it, you're not getting anything from me. No, He fully understands where the baby Christian is and He deals with the baby Christian at that level. And now let's take go back into the natural again with a, a baby. And so uh, with the to a baby, they are helpless. And so they don't have the ability to change themselves. They don't have the ability to do anything. Everybody has to take care of them. Parents and older siblings take care of the baby. They carry it around. They change it, change its diaper, they bath it. They do everything for it because it is pretty much helpless. It cannot, it cannot do anything for itself at that time. Now we bring that concept over into the spirit again. A spiritual baby is also pretty helpless with regards to things of the spirit. Now, what do I mean when I say that? Well, let's just take the concept of walking in faith, for argument's sake. Uh, the baby Christian is weak in faith. They have—they are not yet learned to develop their faith. Their faith has not grown, and so they get ill. Now they go to the their the, the brothers and sisters in Christ and say, you know won't you please pray for me so that I may be healed. And they do. The, the, older, the older siblings in Christ pray for them and they're instantly healed. Because why? Because God deals with them as babies. And so that's obviously if the sibling's faith is at a level where they can exercise faith for the baby. And so... The the point is is that mature Christians are able to exercise their faith for baby Christians. Why is that? Because God recognizes that the baby Christian is not yet strong enough in faith to stand on their own, and therefore is reliant on the mature Christian's faith to carry them. And God acknowledges that, and God, um, what's the word I'm gonna get? God then honors that, and so. Whatever the mature Christian prays for, for the baby Christian, as long as the mature Christian is obviously praying in their faith, God will hear that prayer on behalf of the baby Christian. Because, as I say, God recognizes that the baby Christian is at a stage where they don't have the faith to cover certain aspects of their lives. Um, and so I'm just looking at the faith aspect. There's all our other aspects that you can put out there from the, the ramification of being spiritually a babe in Christ. Now, we need to recognize that um, there's a progression that needs to take place. Let me just see if I've got it here now. Yeah, there is a progression that needs to take place. So let's, uh, let's go back into the natural again because that helps us to, to understand these things in the spirit. And so God allows the mature believer to pray for the baby believer on their faith and God answers the prayer because God recognizes. God also, if the baby believer prays and gets it wrong, God still answers because God recognizes where the baby believer is. And he deals with the baby believer on that level. Now what happens is, in the natural, let's go back into the natural, in the natural, when a child is growing up, Um, and let's say now the child is four or five years old well now that child needs to be behaving not more mature, that's not maybe the right word but in a different manner to the baby and so the the parents and the siblings older siblings are not going to be um, treating the four year old and the five year old like they would uh, a three month old baby so they don't carry the five-year-old around anymore. Whereas the, the baby got carried around wherever they were going because the baby couldn't even walk. But the five-year-old knows how to walk and so it's expected of the five-year-old to you know, walk for themselves. And that's in the natural. It's also expected of the five-year-old to if he's hungry, whatever, to ask and to, to you know, converse now because the language has started to kick in and they're able to express themselves more clearly and they, you know, they, they, the Gaga and the Gugu doesn't apply anymore and so the parents and the older siblings deal with the five-year-old differently to the way that they would have dealt with a three-month-old and you can see that quite clearly now that goes all the way through life so from five-year-old to, as I say, to teenager. So a teenager is expected to you know, do, ha- be more responsible for their lives and do certain things. And get uh, you know, Everybody deals with the teenager differently than they dealt with that teenager when that teenager was a five-year-old. And deals differently than they dealt with them when they were three months old. And then we get to mature adult, and so everybody deals with the mature adult completely differently once again. And so every stage of natural growth attracts a different degree of responsibility and accountability. And so the, the mature people around that individual's life deals with the individual based on their level of natural growth. And so they don't treat an adult like a baby. And they don't treat a baby like an adult. Everybody recognises where the person is, and they get dealt with at that level. Now, in the spirit realm, it's exactly the same. God deals with His children at the level that they are at. But there is a difference. He he deals with sorry. It's not a difference. He deals with us exactly the same. He deals with us at the at the level we should be at. So. uh, a teenager, every, everybody can see that's a teenager and so I'm not going to treat a teenager like a baby. And so in the spirit realm God says you should be a teenager by now. If you're still behaving like a baby, I'm not going to deal with you like a baby because I expect you to be a teenager. And so i will deal with you at the level that you should be behaving at. And so as there is a natural growth process that takes place in the natural, there is a spiritual growth that should take place in the spiritual. But remember we said at the outset of this series with regards to spiritual growth, spiritual growth is not mandated. So in other words, if the Christian chooses to remain a baby all their Christian lives, that's exactly what will happen. They will remain a baby. But God does not deal with the Christian as if they were a baby. He, he understands that they're, they're babies because they just refuse to grow up. But nevertheless, he deals with them on the level they should be at. And that's where problems arise, because the baby Christian wants to be dealt with as a baby, and God says, no, 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 you should now be grown up. You should be doing, you should be praying effectively for yourself. Um, And so what happens, okay? The baby believer has always relied on the mature believers to pray for them, and the prayers were answered. But there comes A point in time when the mature believers prayers are no longer answered for the baby believer. Why is that? Because God says, "Uh uh-uh, now's the time for that child of mine to get up and start walking for themselves uh, and stop being carried around. They're far too big to be carried around and so they should actually learn to walk for themselves. And so God says, no more. Now I expect you to Pray for yourself, and start believing for yourself, and start exercising your own faith. And also, prayers need to become more effective. You can't speak in baby language anymore to God. Now, God's saying, no, 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 no. You, you should be mature by now. We should be conversing on a uh, on a level where you are making your, your petitions known to me in a way that is, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Is is uh, prescribed by me in my word. You should. You should. Your knowledge of my word should have progressed to that stage by now, that you can pray effectively to me, and not, you know, just all over the place, and expect me then to to uh, answer your prayer. God can do that, but God won't do that because God wants us to grow up. That's that's God's desire, and so you know He's not going to allow us to continue to behave like babies, and you know. Um, for the whole Christian life just treat us as babies all the time. You know, people carry us around and it it doesn't matter that we don't know his word. He just loves us as babies. Not at all. (laughs) It gets the time when God says, no, 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 you need to grow up now and you need to start walking for yourself and you need to be praying for yourself as well. And so, you know, we did see that in the church of Christ. Let's just have a look at it in the church in Jerusalem. In Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11 and 12 the scripture says of whom we have much to say the writer of the book of Hebrews is talking to them he said and he's been talking about uh, a Melchizedek the high priest and he says of whom we have much to say and hard to explain why since you have become dull of hearing so they had become the church in Jerusalem this is the, the, the first church that started is the church in Jerusalem and uh, it's actually the apostle Paul is the writer of the book of Hebrews and he says you guys have become dull of hearing now that's an indictment because I mean that's the oldest church on the planet at that time because uh, all the other churches started after the church in Jerusalem so when this letter is written to them he said you guys have become dull of hearing he says verse 12 for though by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again the first principles of, of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. And so it's a huge indictment on the church in Jerusalem, because that church in it had been in existence by the time this letter is written, oh, I don't know, for 20, 25 years, and so there some, you know, there were some really mature people, but they hadn't yet matured spiritually, and that's such an indictment on that particular church. That the Apostle Paul said to them, You guys need milk. We can't give you solid food because you're still babes. Now we said there's a dual uh, treatment that God puts out there. He doesn't feed with solid food those who can only partake of milk because he understands they cannot digest the solid food. And so that's why Paul's saying to the church in Jerusalem, We can only feed you with milk. We can't feed you with solid food. But the point that I wanted to get across with regards to the way that God treats us is he expects us to be more mature in our behavior and so he deals with us on that level. So I'm talking about um, the prayers of mature believers don't really aren't really effective for us anymore because as baby believers we should have now become mature ourselves and God is saying now, he won't allow the others to carry us around anymore. We need to get down, put our feet down and start walking around for ourselves. Um, and then we had a look at uh, the church at Corinth and we saw that Paul said to them, guys, I can only feed you with milk. You should, so both churches, the church at Corinth and the church in Jerusalem, they should have grown by themselves. God had expected a growth process to take place by then and so there is a, there's a, a timeline involved where God says ah okay now, now things are wrong if you're still behaving like babies well then you're out of line and you need to now grow up and I'm going to start treating you in that manner and so it becomes very painful for um, baby believers who never grow up to be treated by God in the manner that they should be treated at, because they don't want to experience that that kind of treatment. They want to be uh, carried around and and looked after and all that. They don't want to have to start believing for themselves. Now there's another aspect to it as well. Let's have a look uh, think about again, let's go into the natural. Um, As a, a, a baby grows up into the various stages all the way through to adulthood, they become more accountable for their actions because they're expected to be behave more responsible, responsibly. And so things that they got away with as children, as babies, as children, they don't get away with that as teenagers and, and as young adults because people expect them to be more responsible in their behavior. And so society holds them more accountable for their actions, whereas children and babies, you know, it's, it's excused because they don't know any better. Well, now let's bring that concept over into the spirit realm again. And it works exactly the the same way with regards to spiritual growth. As we, um, when we come into the kingdom of God, there's a whole lot of stuff that we do which is wrong. It's it's sinful. Um, The reason we do it is because we don't know any better, because we are still ignorant about the things of the kingdom of God. And so those sins that we're committing all the time and constantly, fall under the category, and we've dealt with this in the series so far, known sin and unknown sin. Um, sins of ignorance and, and sins are, you know, we, that we could knowingly commit. And so as baby Christians, we commit a whole bunch of sins of ignorance because we are ignorant. Now, when that happens, God overlooks that. That's when the blood of Christ is just applied to those sins. Because God understands we don't know any better. But as we should grow in the things of god god now says to us okay now you should have a more mature understanding of my word and you should be applying my word in your life and so that behavior that was excused when you were a baby christian i no longer excuse that behavior now i expect you to start behaving more maturity and i'm going to start holding you to an account for that so what happens is when we come into the Christ, uh, into the kingdom of God our unknown sins are right up there and our known sins are right down there but as we should grow in the things of the kingdom of God there's a transition that takes place with regards to known sin and unknown sin and so the mature believer let's just go right to the, end, the other end of the scale the mature believer's known sin uh, list is right up there and his unknown list is right at the bottom because he now knows more and so if he transgresses, he's now committing known sin. And there's, very, there's not as much unknown sin that he can commit. And so in the Christian walk, that's how it goes. That as we should grow spiritually, so our known sins become, uh, not more, but we, we're capable of committing more known sin and less unknown sin because we know more. And so as we know more so, we become accountable for that which we know. And so that's how God treats us in the spirit with regards to sin. Just like in the natural uh, baby, a, a teenager gets treated differently to a child to a, a young adult in different degrees of accountability. I trust you understand the concept. And so it takes place in exactly the same manner in the spirit. Um and the scripture that we can look at just to reinforce the fact that there is the sins of ignorance, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 7, the scripture says, But into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins and, and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. And so, as we are growing up in the things of God, the sins that we commit in ignorance become less. And the sins that we commit knowingly become more. Not, we shouldn't be doing more sin, but the, 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 the knowledge of what we're doing is, is impacting now more upon our lives. And so we need to realize that's how, that's how God deals with us. And so, yeah, you get the case of the baby Christians. Let's just look at the one who's really being diligent in the things of God. So they're coming as a baby. They're growing up spiritually. And so as they transition from the one spiritual uh, growth stage to the next, to the next, the transition is pretty effortless because they are growing spiritually. So they can walk in the the greater degree of accountability that God has now placed upon them because they are at that level and they're walking at that level. And so when God says to the mature adult uh, Christian, now they must pray for themselves, they can actually do that because they've learned how to walk and so they can pray for themselves. And so their spiritual growth and their degree of accountability is in correlation, is working together, and there's no discomfort there, or very little discomfort felt as they're growing up. Where the problem arises is the baby believer who refuses to, be, to grow up. Now they get to teenager stage spiritually, and God says, I'm going to deal with you now as a teenager they still want to be dealt with by God as a baby. God says, I'm not going to do it. And so there's a huge amount of conflict that arises because now God's holding them accountable for their behavior and they don't want to be held accountable for their behavior. And so there's a lot of toys being thrown out of the cot and all sorts of things are going on. Um, But nevertheless, God is a a faithful parent and he's going to make it uncomfortable for the baby believer so that the baby believer can start um learning but as i say you get those who just rebel and say i'm 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 going to stay inside the cot i'm not coming out you know he's going to carry me well then i'm not going anywhere and they don't go anywhere they stay in the cot and that's a very sad thing um and so you know you, you you might be listening to this teaching you recognize okay I've been a Christian for, I don't know, 10, 15 years, and I actually am still a baby believer, and that's not right. I shouldn't be there. Uh, so how do I get out of this? Well, you, God knows where you are, obviously. And so, yeah, he's faithful and just. Let's have a look at scripture. Hebrews 4:15 and 16 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, And find grace to help in time of need, and so we just need to repent and say, Lord, yeah, I should be more mature than I am right now. I've really neglected my spiritual growth. I ask you to forgive me, and He's faithful and just; He forgives us. And now, just begin to apply yourself where you are. And you know, God, He's able to do this. God gives the increase; He can speed up your spiritual growth to bring you on a par where you should be in a very short space of time. But just be diligent to do what he's told you to do. But I just wanted to bring across in this passage, this section that we're dealing with now, the fact that there there are different stages to our spiritual growth. And each stage requires uh, different degrees of accountability. And God treats each one of us differently depending on the stage that we're at. But God also treats us on the stage that we should be at. He doesn't always allow us to remain in the cot. Um, we can, I mean, He will allow us, but He will not treat us like that anymore. He will still treat us at the stage and 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 of growth that we should be at. And then um, the other point that we need to just focus on, we touched on it briefly, growing spiritually, we have to act on the Word of God. If we do not act on the word of God, we will not grow strong in spirit. And again, let's go back into the natural because the two are just so similar. In the natural, you know, we, we have these physical bodies that we live in and we feed them with physical nourishment. But these bodies have muscles and muscles need to be exercised. If our muscles are not exercised, they remain, weak they cannot do what they're designed to do and so it's one thing to partake of natural of physical nourishment but it's another thing entirely to get out there and do physical exercise and so it's in in the natural we have to really do the two things together we have to be feeding the body and exercising the body in order for our bodies to grow strong and healthy that's what takes place in the natural now, if we, you, you know, we can um, feed ourselves as much as we like, but if we don't exercise, all we're going to, to do is grow fat because we're not expending the energy that we should be expending and using up that stored energy, um, and that's in the natural. In the spirit, it works exactly. And let's just stay with the natural f- five seconds here and just this analogy. We can read all the books about exercise that we want to, But unless we actually get out there and do exercise, that's not going to help us. We actually have to get out there and do the stuff in order for uh, that which we've read, how to, I don't know, go for a walk, whatever. We actually have to go for a walk in order to experience the benefit thereof. And so that's how that works. Now you bring that over into the spirit realm again. In the spirit realm, we feed our spirits with the word of God, we said it, and we've gone through the various processes of how to feed the spirit. But at the same time, we need to exercise our spirits. So it's no good just continually feeding our spirits and never exercising the spirit because we need spiritual exercise as well in order for our spirits to grow stronger. And uh, a scripture we can look at is in John chapter 4, verses 31 through to 34. Uh, The scripture says, In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. They've gone into the town and they brought him food to eat. This was at the town of Sychar. He'd been speaking to uh, that woman uh, at the well. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Anything to eat? they thinking in the natural. Verse 34. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And so our Lord is saying there's another source of food that we partake of as believers. And that source of food is actually to get out there and do the word of God. Not only be hearers of the word, but be doers. And our Lord said that was a a source of food. He says, uh, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And so it's very important for us as believers to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Think about the church at Corinth again. Um, They had not been putting into practice that which the Lord had already revealed to them. And because they had not been doers of the word, that was it, they were not getting any more revelation. They could feed on the milk of the word, but that was it, they were not gonna get any more. And so it is so important for us as believers to be doers of the word and not hearers only. The famous passage that deals with this particular truth is in James chapter one, beginning in verse 22 through to verse 25. And uh, the Holy Spirit through the apostle James writes to the church and he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. And so you know, James just puts it out there very plainly to us that we can listen, you, we can sit under Paul's ministry for the rest of our lives every single day. But unless we apply what Paul teaches us, it's going to there comes a time we will just be forgetful hearers of that word it's like a natural man looking in the mirror we see in the mirror because when you go to a mirror you see yourself that's that's, that's plainly evident but in the natural when that person walks away they forget what they look like and he says it's exactly the same in the spirit You you can be reading the word of God he says looking into the perfect law of liberty which is the mirror of God's word and so you look at the word of God and you listen to teachings on the word of God but if you're not going to apply it, the moment you get out there, you're going to forget what you just heard. And time and time again, I you, you speak to people that come out of church, and you say, you, know, you, you speak to them during the week. What did you, your your pastor share with you genuinely? I think I struggle; they can't remember what, the, what the, the the person shared with them uh, an hour before. Why is that? Because they just forget, and because that's the spiritual truth that if we choose not to be doers of the word of that which we hear. God doesn't allow us to see. When we, when we read in the word and when we hear it, we can see it. We can say, gee, that's great. and um, That's who I am. That's what I should be doing. But when we go out, because we don't apply it, we just forget it. it it's wiped out of our memory. And so that is the, uh, it's, it's such a plain spiritual truth that if we choose not to do that which the Lord reveals to us, we will never grow strong spiritually. We will always remain spiritual babes. Um, and so, you know, it's not, As again, as I said, this teaching is not rocket science stuff. This is so a basic thing, but it's the stuff that people just tend to overlook. They don't think that they actually need to do what they've read in their Bible and what they've heard the, 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 the ministry give teacher. But we need to be doers of his word and not hearers only. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16 says, From whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And that's talking about the body of Christ and how the body of Christ grows. But how does the body of Christ grow? It says, Causes growth of the body. What causes growth of the body? When every part does its share. Does its share. And so when every part of the body of Christ is doing the word of God, the body of Christ is growing. So if the the the, the body of Christ, the church, cannot grow unless every part is doing what they're meant to do physically, getting out there and doing the word of God well neither will we grow spiritually, individually, unless we are doing the word of God we need to be applying it in our lives and as we do God gives the increase and so the growth takes place then naturally another scripture we can look at our Lord just teaching the same principle from a different point of view, but let's read it and we'll comment on it, Luke chapter 6 verse 46 to 49 Our Lord speaking, he says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock, and when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing, is like a man who built a house upon the earth without a foundation against which the streams beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great so our Lord is saying that the, the trials of life are going to come to all of us so the, the, he, he's contrasting a spiritually mature believer with a spiritual baby the mature believer is out there doing the word of God the baby is you know, hearing but not doing the word of God So what happens? The trials of life pitch in both of their lives. The the mature believer, the spiritual believer, is not immune to the trials of life. That's going to come to all of us. But our Lord's saying that because he is spiritually mature, he's strong in spirit, he will stand. No matter what comes his way, he will stand. Because he knows what to do and he applies it in his life. The other one who should be mature, I'm not talking about the baby, don't forget, there is a difference between a legitimate baby in Christ and a 30-year-old baby in Christ. They're, they're completely different. And so the 30-year-old baby in Christ, when the trials are on life pitch, they just collapse. They just can't handle it. Why is that? Because they are not strong in their spirits, because they've not been doing the Word of God. Our Lord says, why do you guys call me Lord and don't do what I tell you to do? So, you know, if you're going to become strong in the Spirit, you're going to grow in the things of God. We have to be doers of his word. Um, otherwise, we, as James says, we are deceiving ourselves. So we can listen to as many teaching tapes as we like, we can uh, read our Bible as much, but if we do not put it into practice, then we're deceiving ourselves. And that's not where we want to be. And then I want to just finish off this series on one last point. And that is, because don't forget, this, what we're dealing with now is the practical things of the interventions we should be doing to go from point A to point B. Spiritual baby to mature Christian. That's where we want to go. And these are all the practical things we should be applying in order to get there. And so the one that I want to touch on, lastly now, is praying with the Spirit. It is so vital for believers to pray with the Spirit. Now, when I say praying with the Spirit, I'm not talking about praying with the understanding. There's a difference between praying with the Spirit and praying with the understanding. Um, the scripture is in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. Uh, the Apostle Paul is speaking, he says, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, I will also sing with the understanding. When he says, I will pray with the Spirit and sing with the Spirit in this passage, he's talking about speaking and singing in other tongues. So other tongues is a very important um, tool that we have in order for our spirits to grow strong. It is so important for us to be praying with our spirits in order for our spirits to grow strong. Um, so all the other stuff is also important, but this is also important. In, if you're going to grow strong spiritually, and this is why it's such a sad thing to see <clears throat> so many believers who are not with the spirit with uh, the evidence of speaking in other tongues because this particular dimension is withheld from them not god doesn't do it god wants them to be filled with the spirit for whatever reason they're just not filled with the spirit and they don't speak in other tongues so they miss out on this particular blessing but nevertheless uh, we should be praying with our spirits for when we do pray with our spirits we are in fact building them up um and I just wanted to confirm that praying with the Spirit is to pray with tongues. 1 Corinthians 14.14 14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful." So we're not talking about praying with the understanding in order to grow strong spiritually. We're talking about praying with our spirits in order to grow strong spiritually. Praying with the understanding does have an impact, obviously. Remember we said we have to ask the Lord to give us understanding of His Word, spiritual understanding of His Word. That we do without the prayer of understanding. But we're talking now primarily about praying with our spirits. Look at what the scripture says, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. And so when we pray with our spirits, we are edifying ourselves. Now the ourselves that we are edifying is in fact our spirits. Why is that? Because our spirits understand the spiritual language that we've been given our understanding doesn't understand it but our spirits do understand what we're praying um because the bible says in in, in another part in in uh, 1 corinthians 14 uh, he he speaks in a tongue let him speak to god and to himself so you can if you're speaking to yourself it's because you yourself understands what you're saying otherwise you're not speaking to yourself you you're just speaking into the air but one who speaks with the tongue their spirit understands the language. And so that is why the spirit is being built up. Because why is that? The spirit is hearing the word of God in a different language, that's all. Not hearing it in the language of our understanding. Our spirits are hearing the word of God in their own language. And that is why the spirit is built up as they pray. As we pray with our spirits. Jude uh, puts it across this way. He says, Jude chapter one, verse 20, he says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, how praying in the Holy Spirit, and so it's so important for us to pray in the Spirit. For when we do, um, our spirits become edified; they become stronger. We build ourselves up in our in the Holy Spirit. Our spirits get built up in the Holy Spirit, and that is such a a, a blessed um, tool available to the, the born again believer. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. And so that's another intervention that we should be doing, giving ourselves to um, regular times of praying in the Spirit. Paul said, and he recognized this truth, which is why he said, I thank my God I I speak in tongues more than you all. Because Paul understood the blessedness of this gift that is given to the body of Christ and so those are the interventions we wanted to look at um, with regards to today's teaching we need to recognize the various stages of spiritual growth we do need to be doers of the word and not hearers only and not and don't deceive ourselves we do need to be uh, practicing praying with us uh, in the spirit and with the spirit because uh, that is another blessed truth for us um, And those are the points that I really wanted to concentrate on. So it's really those five points: hearing the Word of God, um, and having your own understanding. Because remember, that spiritual truth is so so important. And our spirits are only fed with that which our mind understands. So we need to have understanding of the Word of God. But we need to be doers of the Word and not doers only. So we feed our spirits and we exercise our spirits. When we do that, we will grow strong spiritually. And I'm going to end the teaching. On the the Spirit of Man series, on that one.